Colossians chapter 2 is where we'll be tonight. Colossians chapter 2. The name of the message is All the Treasures of Wisdom and Knowledge. All the Treasures of Wisdom and Knowledge. Colossians chapter 2. We'll read from verse 1 to verse 5 tonight. For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. And verse 3 is our text tonight. In whom are hid, being, being Christ, because the, the latter part of verse 2 says, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit. Joy in and behold in your order in the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. So last week we looked at verse 2. And we saw that Paul was praying for the Colossian saints, expressing his care and concern for the saints at Coloss and the saints at Laodicea and those who had not seen his face. And he prayed that their hearts would be knit together in love knit together in love, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And a true believer, particularly those called to, to minister to God's people, but this doesn't exclude all of God's people, has a heart that beats for other Christians. We desire, we, we preachers desire for you to grow in grace and the knowledge and truth of Christ. And and like you too, you, you know, and it's not just for pastors. We all have that for one another. And we also have concern for the lost too, for those around us. And our family members, our friends, we're concerned for them. That, but, but we're especially concerned for those who are in the household of faith, that we would grow together in the knowledge of truth, that our hearts would be knit together. And I know we all have different personalities and we all come from different backgrounds, but we all have the same Savior, we who believe, and the same Spirit, and the same Father. Now we have two examples of, of how Paul has this conflict, this conflict, and, 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 and how, a, how a, a pastor will will have a, a burden for those he shepherds and, and that you would grow in grace. And, and, and we pray for you. I pray for you guys all the time because that's what God calls me to do. And I, I, I care for your spiritual welfare, that you would grow in, in the grace and knowledge and truth. Turn, if you would, to Exodus 32 and Romans chapter 9. Here we see an extraordinary thing, though, where... where Moses interceding for the very people who are murmuring against him. And we, I use these as examples for those who are deeply concerned, deeply concerned for God's people. Look at Exodus 32, verses 31 to 33. And Moses returned unto the Lord. Now, now to set this up, 
Here in Exodus, we have the people of Israel finding fault with God's providence, murmuring against God's providence, and murmuring and complaining and grumbling against God for having put Moses in a place of leadership. And we see Moses' care and concern for them in Exodus 32. Now the Lord spoke in judgment against the people of Israel, and Moses interceded for them, even though they were murmuring against his being placed in the leadership role. He was still praying for them. Still praying for them. Look at Exodus 32, verse 31 and 33, or to 33. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. Brother Mahan said, he, he's sitting there saying, take me out of the Lamb's book of life. My goodness, what concern he has for the people of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, whosoever, whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. And then turn to Romans chapter 9. We see also the care and concern by Paul in another place in the New Testament. Romans chapter 9, verses 1 to 3. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have a great heaviness and continuous sorrow on my heart. For I, would, I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. My goodness, what care and concern they have. And Brother Henry said, you know, we don't come anywhere near what those guys, you know, we have care and concern, we do, for, for the people that are, that are put under us, but this is incredible. So now we, see, now we see how Paul had a great conflict, doesn't he, for the churches. We see the burden that he has, the burden that he has for God's people. Now, Paul's care and concern was that the Colossians would be comforted in their hearts with who Christ is and what he has done for the Colossian believers. Paul prayed that they would know the riches that are in Christ Jesus our Lord, that they would know that, that God would manifest that to them, and that they would be given a full assurance of understanding of who Christ, who Christ is and what he has done. And that their hope, and this is my hope for you, beloved, that your hope and your rest would be in Christ and him alone. I have to constantly remind myself, too, when things happen and things come up. I'm just like all of you. I I struggle all the time. I get anxious. I shouldn't sometimes, but I do. And I have to constantly say, I just need the rest in Christ. And that's my hope for you all, too, that you would just... you that God would give you the strength and comfort just to rest in him, to rest in him. And that's, that's the Christian life. That's something that never stops, never stops. Joe Terrell once told me, and I'll never forget it, the hardest thing for the believer is to enter into the rest of Christ. It really is. It really is. So God's churches, think of this, God's churches aren't united together in organization or by entertainment, or by programs, like some churches are, though, or by the personality of the preacher. Some folks just go to certain churches because the preacher's there. Don't ever do that. 
go to that church because the word of God's being preached and because the gospel's being preached. That's what's most important. Not the preacher. The preacher, the preacher has a message. A true gospel preacher has a message. And you know it. You know it. But, but I'm just a sinner saved by grace, just like everyone else. Just like everyone else. So we're not united by, we're not united by the, the, the programs or, or the, the people. The people, the saints of God must come to a deep personal love for Christ. A deep personal love for Christ. And then they, as a result of that, they're going to have a deep personal love for one another too. They will. God's people will have a love for one another. Their hearts are knit together in Christ. Knit together in Christ. John 15, 12 says this. This is my commandment. This is the master speaking. That you love one another as I have loved you. We're to love one another as Christ has loved us. That's with an everlasting love. Isn't it? My goodness. And, and think of this. If, if, if things come up and you get upset, think of this. Think of how much Christ has forgiven us. It'll make us easy, to quit, easy and quick to, to be able to forgive others. So, Paul is praying, and he has a burden for them, that the mystery which is manifest to them in verse 26 of chapter 1, look at our, look at our, our verse last week, that, in the, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, that they would be given an understanding of the mystery an understanding of the riches in our great God and King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Brother Henry said this, lasting unity in the church depends on truth. The truths of the scripture and love, the love of God's people have in Christ for one another in and through him. Lasting unity in the church depends on truth, number one, the truth of the gospel being preached, the truth of the scriptures, and love, the love God's people have in Christ for one another in and through him. So the believer comes to the full assurance of the understanding of the riches which are in Christ Jesus and him alone. We come to the understanding that he is the one mediator between God and man. The understanding and the knowledge that God gives a believer has a unique and particular focus. A unique and particular focus. Jesus Christ. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. And how, does, how, do we, how do we receive that knowledge? How does that knowledge come to us? By the Holy Spirit revealing Christ to us through the preaching of the gospel. Salvation is of the Lord. It's all his work. He does it all. And in Christ, our, our text says tonight, look at our text here. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this is revealed to sinners by the Holy Spirit of God through the preaching of the word. I didn't know that until the Holy Spirit revealed that to me. Until he revealed Christ. I had no clue. Is it so with you? My goodness. So tonight we'll look at verse 3. Verse 3. 
whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we pray that God the Holy Spirit would illuminate the Scriptures and teach us of Christ, teach us of Him. Now the form of error which prevailed at Colossus, and last week I said I was going to mention these, the form of error which prevailed at Colossus included three elements. Jewish formulism, traditions, following certain things, having to do certain things to be saved. Speculative mysticism, which represented the germs of, uh, of that, of what afterward developed as Gnosticism. And Asenism, Asenism, which is the medium through which the Jewish and Gnostic elements were blended, were blended. And we see, we're going to see in chapter 2 that Paul is attacking, combating all these errors, all these errors. These errors taught that there was something to be added to the finished work of Christ, which all error, the root of all error, the root of all error is adding to grace. Adding to grace. You have to do something. It's no longer grace, is it? No longer grace. So the root, the root of all error is adding to grace. Adding something to the finished work of Christ. And then they say, they say that this supposed knowledge, which the Gnostics were saying, could only be imparted by them. Could only be imparted by them. And that was the case of the Gnostics and the, the Asenism errors. The, both of them said that the teachers had to impart to you that knowledge or you would not know it. But we're going to see how Paul, with this verse, destroys that. Absolutely destroys that error. And in the Jewish formulism is the same error that Paul combated in several other epistles. As false teachers tried to add circumcision or any kind of works, traditions, keeping of days, added works and traditions to grace, which makes grace no more grace. Anytime you add a pinprick of anything, works, it's no more grace. We know that. We've went over that many times. And that's, I know that's a nail I keep hitting, but that's really the root of error is that, that man has to do something. Man has to do something. So the pretended higher mysterious wisdom is met with the assertion, the pretended higher mysterious wisdom which, which the Gnostic teachers, the false teachers were saying that they had to impart is denounced as deceitful. It's meant with the assertion that in Christ is true wisdom, true knowledge, and it's revealed to believers by the Holy Spirit of God, not by man. Not by man. It's revealed to us by the preaching of the gospel, and the Holy Spirit shows us Christ, reveals Christ to us. One commentator said this, the pretended wisdom is denounced as deceitful. Deceitful philosophy founded in tradition in both its Gentile and its Jewish phases are characterized as mere elements or rudiments unworthy of men in Christ. We will not and do not add anything to the finished work of Christ. It's perfect. 
Look further down in Colossians 2.8. Look at this. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the traditions of men, you have to be these, these folks that say, well, you know, you have to be baptized to be saved. Nope. That's not true. Or you have to be a member of a certain church to be saved. Nope. That's not true. <laughs> I'm saved in Christ. My baptism is just an outward expression of an inward conversion. But oh, look at this. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. See what's happening? They're not following Christ, are they? They're following men. And then look further down in Colossians chapter 2, verse 20 to 23. Paul combating these errors. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not. That's what, that's what the, the Judaizers were saying. You can't do this and you can't do that. How can you be that and be a Christian? Well, I was one of them guys. It's a horrible way to live which are all to perishing with, with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship. There's what free willism is called, will worship. In humility, in neglecting the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So only in Christ is found all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Look at our text again. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We know who the in whom is because in chapter or verse 2 at the latter part it says and of Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let's go a little bit further up in that verse. To the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Paul, what does he do? What does he do with all that error going on? Points him right to Christ. Right to Christ. In whom? Christ. So, so these false teachers are saying, oh, but, but you know, we have this wisdom and this knowledge, this, this stuff that you can only get it from us. And Paul says, no. Oh. In Christ is hid all the wisdom and knowledge of God. In Christ and Him alone. It's nowhere else. It's nowhere else. So in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And these treasures, wisdom and knowledge, are, are they which will profit the soul of the believer. They are they which will profit the soul of the believer. Outside of Christ, there is no true wisdom. Turn, if you would, to Jeremiah chapter 9. Outside of Christ, outside of Christ, then, there is no true wisdom or comfort to be found for our eternal souls. We can't do anything on our own to bring comfort to our souls. We're sinners. We desperately need to be saved. We cannot gain merit and favor with God by our doing. Look at Jeremiah 9, verse 23 and 24. Thus saith the Lord, 
Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Now these false teachers are glorying in their supposed wisdom. In their supposed knowledge. And back then, a lot of the philosophers, they, they gloried in their supposed knowledge too. Worldly wise. Now I'm not against folks learning. That's great. Learning's good. But, but learning things other than Scripture will not profit our souls. What profits our souls is learning about Christ. Right? And we'll look at that later on. We grow in the grace and knowledge and truth of Christ by listening to the Word, by, or by reading the Word, by listening to the sermons. We'll see that later on. We grow in grace. We grow in grace. But look at this. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, in his strength. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. So those who trust in those things for salvation are going to perish in their sins. Look at our next text. But let him that glorieth glory in this. Brother John, let you glory in this. You profess Christ. Look, This is wonderful. Brother Charlie, you, you, you profess Christ. Let, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Glory in the fact that God has revealed himself to you. That I am the Lord, which exercised loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. What a glory and just marvel that God has revealed himself to us. That I know him. That he didn't leave me where I was. See, we don't glory, we look outside ourselves, don't we? We don't glory in ourselves. Now, before we were saved, we might have. But we glory in God. We glory in Christ. We glory in the precious doctrines that we've learned as we, as we grow in grace. And they bring us great comfort. Great comfort. So let us glory, we who believe not in ourselves, but let us glory that we know the Lord. And the only reason we know the Lord, beloved, is because he revealed himself to us. See, there's no room for boasting. None at all. It's a marvelous verse, this Jeremiah. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. So, so the believer glories in the fact that he understandeth the scripture and knoweth me that I am the Lord. And, and we do that, though, knowing that it's none of our doing. It's all God. Salvation is of the Lord. This is true wisdom, my brother. This is true wisdom and true understanding. And this is what our verse speaks about when it says, in whom, being Christ, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, when you tie that with that Jeremiah verse, you see how that, that which benefits our soul has been revealed to us in Christ. This is the true wisdom and treasure and wisdom of God. I know the Lord because he has revealed himself to me. Is it so with you? Glory in him. Glory in him. Christ is the one who will save me eternally. All the knowledge and wisdom of this world does no good for my eternal soul. 
but Christ is the one who will bring me everlasting joy and peace, everlasting life. And this only comes when one knows the Lord. Is it so with you? Is it so with you? But let him, let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Left to ourselves, we'd never know him and never understand him. And then look at this, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. So the believer glories, the believer glories in the Lord Jesus Christ in him alone. As our text says, in whom, being Christ, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The believer glories in the Lord Jesus Christ, glories in him, that all the treasures, spiritual, all spiritual blessings are in Christ and him alone. All the treasures of wisdom and all spiritual knowledge are in Christ. They're in Christ, who is the wisdom of God. And he is not just a few He's, he's not just a select few who can impart that wisdom. He is the wisdom of God to every believer. And for every believer, in him are hid. In him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. For every believer. Not a select few like the false teachers were saying. Do you see how Paul's combating the error? You see how he's saying... It's all in Christ. It's all in him. So God's spiritual wisdom and his spiritual knowledge comes to us under the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit takes the things of Christ and reveals them to us, line upon line, precept upon precept. Not in one or two messages, beloved. Not in one or two messages, is we have a limited understanding, don't we? Even in the lifetime of hearing the gospel, one is just scratching the surface. <laughs> but the believer will grow in the knowledge and truth of our Savior. Turn, if you would, to Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. Verse uh, 18. But grow in the grace, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No, it's actually Second Peter. I got the reference wrong. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus, and Savior Jesus Christ. We are to grow in the knowledge and grace of God in Christ. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 18. We are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. We desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow 
And as we grow, as we grow, we desire strong meat. We desire strong meat. Turn, if you would, to Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. How does a believer grow in grace? By hearing the preaching of the word of God. Look at Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So how do we grow? By sitting under the sound of the gospel, by hearing gospel messages, by reading scripture. Now think of this. Think of this. Just as in the natural world, a baby becomes a young child. And a young child becomes a young adult. And the young adult becomes a mature adult, right? But without food, would that happen? It wouldn't, would it? This is why we need to feast on the gospel. This is why we need to feast on the word of God. So that we might grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge and truth. So the same principle is applied to spiritual growth. If we're not feasting on Jesus Christ, we're never mature in the faith. We must feast on Christ. In whom, and back to our verse in verse 3, chapter 2, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Paul here was combating the error which had sprung up in Colossus, which taught that there were angels as mediators between God and man. And that Christ was just one of them. Just one of them. And again, the false teachers were saying that only they could impart the wisdom and knowledge to understand about these mediators. So again, once again, he's, he's battling those who are, who are saying you have to do something or learn something from their, to, in order to to, to reach a higher spiritual plane or, or to, to really be saved. Such as the, some of the Pentecostals that say you've you got to speak in tongues to be saved. That's just a false gospel. They don't even have the gospel, but that's just a lie from the pit of hell. In Christ. Do you, do you, do you see how, how, how even the errors that we deal with today do you see how they can be combated with in Christ? Are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? If I have Christ, I have everything. Everything. We don't need the, no. We don't need fifty ways to be a better Christian, do we? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. We have Christ. We have our King. Now we rest and trust in him. And you know, when I sin, I mourn. Is it so with you? We do, don't we? We, we? we despise sin more in ourselves than we do in anyone else. But oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. He's forgiven me for all my sins and trespasses, past, present, and future. I need to look to him. 
I need to look to him in whom all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hid. Him. Christ, him alone. Oh. So our text says, in Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The verse before speaks of the mystery of God. And let us remember that when Paul speaks of a mystery, that in Paul's language, and I got this from a commentator, I thought this was really good, that in Paul's language, a mystery is simply a truth that remained inaccessible until such time as God God was pleased to reveal it and make it clear. And we see that, don't we, in verse 26. I think it was verse 26 of, of Colossians chapter 1. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. My goodness. And only God, remember this, only God can reveal this mystery. You can't learn it on your own. Only God can reveal this mystery. It's manifested to the saints. It's manifested to them. It's hidden from the rest of the world. But not, we're going to get into this later, not hidden like you hide something in the cupboard. It's not revealed. It's not revealed. What a contrast. What a contrast then. Paul is saying that this mystery, which is in Christ, is hidden until revealed by the Holy Spirit of God. Now think of the contrast as he's battling the errors, right? Do you see the contr- Do you see what he's doing before the Colossians? He's placing before them as opposed to the error of the Gnostics who say, we have this truth, we have this knowledge, and you can only get it from us. But Paul's saying to every believer that in him, for every believer, in him, in Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Do you see how he's destroying the error that's popped up? This mystery can only be revealed by, by God. And the false teachers were, were proclaiming that they had the keys to certain mysteries and that their followers would not gain this wisdom or knowledge unless they imparted it, unless they revealed it to them. But Paul, in sharp contrast, proclaims that only God can reveal Christ. Only God. And in Him and in Him alone are found all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They are not hid like you hide something in a cupboard, but they are hid until they are revealed by the Holy Spirit of God. And marvel, beloved, if it's been revealed to you. Marvel. What a great God and King we have. This is not something that natural man can understand. Turn, if you would, to Matthew 11, verses 25 and 26. Natural man cannot understand the things of God. So all the learning in the world couldn't bring you to the, to, to the knowledge of Christ. God must reveal Christ. He must. And every one of us know that who are saved because 
He's revealed himself to us. <laughs> we remember where we were. And we remember, and we, and we know, wow, how do I know, how do I know about this stuff? How do, I, how do I know about election? How do I know about propitiation and substitution and, and satisfaction? Because God has revealed them to us. And if you're a believer, it's so with you too. Everything we know spiritually about Christ has been revealed to us. Everything. Matthew 11, look at verses 25 and 26. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. And look at, look at 26. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. Remember Sunday night's message? Why are we saved? Because it pleased God. Why, why, why did we have the gospel revealed to us? For it seemed good in thy sight. It pleased God to reveal the gospel to his people. To reveal Christ. Oh my. Turn if you would to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Why was the gospel revealed to us and others were passed by? Again, because it pleased God to reveal his son to we who, we who believe. That's the only, the only one who's made us to differ is God. The only one who's made us to differ is God. We can't take any credit for it, and we don't want to take any credit for it, because we know nothing we did. Left to myself, I'd still be in the same spot I was when the Lord saved me. And I wouldn't know any different. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 to 11. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. They didn't know it. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. You see? You see? Who reveals it? I don't see man's free will anywhere in that verse. God must reveal Christ to us or we'll never know him. But what a marvelous verse. But God. There's another but God. I know there's one in Ephesians too. too. But here's another. But God hath revealed them unto us. Who's the us? His people. This book is written to God's people. It's not written to everyone. God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, must reveal Christ, must regenerate us. We're born again to the Holy Spirit of God. We're dead in trespasses and sins in Adam. We don't have a clue about anything spiritual, and we don't desire God. But oh, when he reveals them to us by his spirit, we become a whole new creature in Christ. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man. Look at that. Look at this. But the spirit of God. 
No man knows the things of God until God reveals them to us. Oh my. So the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. And they are not discovered until Christ is revealed to the sinner. And they are in him alone in such a way that a man cannot know them and cannot find them and cannot partake of them until he has known, found, and partaken of Christ. Again, they are in Christ alone in such a way that a man cannot know them, cannot find them, cannot partake of them until he has known and found and has partaken of Christ. Because these treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ and nowhere else. Nowhere else. They're only in Him. And they must be revealed to us. And, and since they're revealed to us, and since we know that we're saved by grace through faith alone, it leaves no room for us to boast. It doesn't. We just marvel. We just marvel. We marvel that God has revealed Himself to us. We, we, we glory in that, like, like Jeremiah said. We glory in the fact that He's revealed Himself to us. Oh, my. Jesus, under his well-known character of wisdom, is represented as not, not waiting to be sought for, but himself coming to... Every, now, turn with you, if you would, to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Our Lord and Savior is known as wisdom in the Scriptures. He's not represented as waiting to to be sought for. Waiting until man comes to him. No, 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 no. No, our dear shepherd, he seeks out his sheep, doesn't he? He himself comes to every wretched, ignorant sinner whom God the Holy Spirit has caused to see his want and misery. His elect, his sheep. And they are told to come and to buy wisdom of him without money and without price. Look at Isaiah 55, verses 1 and 2. Ho, everyone that thirsts. Are you thirsty? Oh, that God would make you thirsty for the things of Christ. Ho, everyone that thirsts. Come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, just come empty-handed. Come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come by wine and milk without money and without price. It's free grace. We're saved by free grace, beloved. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? We can never satisfy the justice and wrath of God with our own labors. Never. Never. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Let your soul, beloved, delight itself in Christ. Delight itself in Him. In him in whom are hid all the treasures and wisdom and knowledge. Delight in him. Oh, if you have Christ, you have true wisdom. True wisdom. If you have Christ, you have this true knowledge spoken of. And if you have Christ, you have he whom God says is a delight to glory in. A delight to glory in. We glory in Christ and him alone. But if you do not have Christ, you do not have wisdom. If you do not have Christ, you do not have this knowledge spoken of in our verse. And if you do not have it, you cannot find it on your own. 
because only it is only found in Christ and nowhere else, and it must be revealed by God the Holy Spirit in order for us to know him and to know of the treasures and treasures of wisdom and knowledge which are only found in Christ. The knowledge of the, the mystery of God. Think of this. Think, think of the knowledge of the mystery of God has been revealed to you, brethren. The knowledge of salvation in Christ alone. The knowledge of who the Father is and who the Son is. And these are only found in Jesus Christ our Lord. All the worldly wisdom will not reveal Christ. You can't find them in the church or in a creed or a confession. God must reveal Christ by the preaching of the gospel. And when I say you can't find them in the church, I'm talking about the folks who say, well, you've got to go to this church to be saved. Salvation is only in Christ. This is why we should seek out churches where the gospel is being preached and proclaimed, because it's only in him. And God reveals Christ by the preaching of his gospel and all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge are in him alone. Nowhere else. And this is what our verse says. In whom, being Christ, are hid. Are, it's definitive. They're only in him. Are hid. All the treasures. There's nothing left out. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So the believer's faith and confidence must be in Christ. Must be in Christ and Him alone. Because all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge are stored up in Him. Are stored up in Christ. Only in Christ will you find the authentic, accurate knowledge of God in His ways with mankind. Only in Christ. And how He deals with with mankind. Only in Christ and Him alone. One commentator said this, let us remember a man can have religion and not have a knowledge of God. A man can have a a devote religion and not have a knowledge of God. A man can have a devote religion in which he gives his life and not know God. He he can do all these things and still not have a knowledge of the mystery which Paul speaks of. God must reveal Christ to us. He must. And we see we see where 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 folks have they they devote their life. Look at the Catholic Church. They don't know Christ. I know that because I came out of that one. There's no gospel there. None at all. But yet men devote their whole life to, to their workspace religion and perish in their sins because they don't know Christ. He hasn't been revealed to them. Marvel if God has revealed himself to them. Just marvel. It's amazing. And my prayer as a preacher is that God will reveal Christ to you if you do not know him. And if you know him, that you grow in the grace and knowledge and truth of Christ. Oh, that you grow in him. But once a sinner has had Christ revealed to him, 
he finds all the treasures. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we spend the rest of our pilgrimage here on earth scratching the surface. Just scratching the surface. And learning about our wonderful Savior. Because in Christ is hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now here are some things I'm going to list here. In Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are unfolded. Think of this. The mystery of God's eternal covenant of grace. Did you know about that before the Lord saved you? I didn't. I didn't have a clue. But he's revealed himself. He's revealed that precious truth. That God the Father, Son, and Spirit made a covenant in eternity past. That God the Father chose a people and gave them to Christ. And Christ redeemed those people. And the Holy Spirit draws those people through the preaching of the word. It's marvelous. What a treasure. Think of this. The mystery of God's divine election. That God chose sinners. Because he didn't look down through time and see... Who would choose him? <laughs> God chose us in our sinfulness. Dead in trespasses and sins. What a treasure for God's people. That he would choose me. Think of this. The treasure of wisdom and knowledge are unfolded in Christ. The mystery of the incarnation. God himself became a man. He humbled himself. And, and you've heard me say that we're particles of God's creation. He became a particle of his own creation. Think of that. The very one who angels worshipped him. He became a man. But yet God. Perfect. Sinless. Incredible. Did you know that before the Lord saved you? I didn't know it. <laughs> the mystery of the scheme of redemption. That, that God's people would be redeemed by the shed blood of Christ. Did you know that before the Lord saved you? Now we may have heard it, right? We may have heard it before, before we were saved, but we didn't believe it. But now it's precious. It's precious to the believer. The mystery of the cross. How God himself, who became a man, sinless, perfect, spotless, the mystery of it, that he became a man and set his face like a flint to Jerusalem and hung upon that cross for sins not his own, but for my sins. And if you're a believer, for your sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the elect of all the ages. And that he did that willingly. And that he did that before God's law and justice for me. And if you're a believer, for you. Did we know that? Before we were saved? No. Do we not marvel in it now? Do we, does it not fill us with awe? 
the mystery of the atonement through the precious blood of Christ, that, that Christ's blood would atone, would pay the ransom that God's law and justice demanded for my sins. It's being revealed to us. We didn't know it before. In the mystery of God and Christ reconciling the world unto himself, reconciling all the elect of all the ages to God. Did we know that before? Now, do you see now why the verse says that in Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? And that's just a few. That's only seven points we just looked at. We could, we could stay here all night and just go through different things that God has revealed to us in the Scriptures, precious truths in the Scriptures. My goodness. All these treasures are open to the believer in Christ. Before us in the word of God as the Holy Spirit reveals them to us. Now let us think on this. These treasures have been there all the time. In Christ. They've been there all the time in Christ, haven't they? But when we did not know Christ, we could not see them. But now, beloved of God, they've been revealed to us by God the Holy Spirit. And in Christ are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And the gospel preacher never tires of declaring that Jesus Christ is God incarnate in the flesh, our great sovereign creator. The gospel preacher never grows weary of talking about his perfect redeeming work for a particular people. His elect. The gospel preacher can never overstress Christ's position as our great high priest who represents all those for whom he died, being both the priest and the sacrifice. And we who are believers should never tire of hearing the assuring truth that places Christ Jesus our Lord as our blessed surety, who, as the keeper of his sheep, will never allow one for whom he paid the ransom price that God demanded upon Calvary's cross, he will never allow, never allow one of his sheep to perish. Not one. <coughs> May we ever remember that we who are in Christ have all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All of them. May God grant faith to you if you don't know him. Oh, may he grant faith to you if you don't know him to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank You for Your goodness to us. Thank You for revealing Christ to Your people. Oh, that the Holy Spirit reveals Him to us. The mystery that we can never, never apprehend by any kind of learning or knowledge of our own. But oh, the, the mystery of Christ, the mystery of the Gospel. What precious truths and treasures we have stored up in Christ. And Lord, may we just glorify you this week. May we, may we just meditate this week upon your goodness, upon the treasures of wisdom and knowledge which are found only in you. May we think upon these things. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.